Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brett Young, joined as always by my dear friends, Mr. Aaron Smith and Mr. Chad Brendel. Guys, how are we? I'm beat, man. That was that was a long two weeks with official visits and all the articles. <laughs> well, well, you did a fantastic job. So a little pat on your back, a little, uh, little, little toast to you, if you will. A little Appreciate toast it. during the BBP. State Chad, state. how are we? I'm glad to be back from vacation. Vacation sucked. <laughs> yeah, you've got so, a big old, big old bite mark on your on your lip there. Uh, it's a little bit of a yeah. It's it, my lip got split open a little bit. Just just you know nothing. Seven stitches couldn't couldn't take care of, and then uh, you know was allergic to the antibiotic antibiotic that they gave me and, and threw up for twelve hours. Oh, so uh, you know you, you talk about ways to lose weight. Uh, have your dog bite you in the face. Right. And uh, get an antibiotic that you're nice and allergic to uh, where you throw up a good seven or eight times from like your toes. And then, um, you know, you go on vacation, you come back home, you're like down 12 pounds. So we've got Brady here today. I don't know, Brady. Is that a is that a diet you would approve? Uh, Can't endorse that one. No. (laughs) We'll say happy that you're down 12 and feeling good. But uh yeah, I can't, oh, I've, can't that one. I've done my best yesterday and today to put as much back on as possible. I was so hungry. I didn't eat Wednesday. I didn't eat Thursday. Friday, I had four slices of, of toast and uh, two, uh, one and a half grilled chicken strips. Oh, wow. And uh, Saturday, Saturday, I had a grilled chicken sandwich on the way home. Uh, and that's what I ate for four days. That's a very I, low intake there. <laughs> I almost called you yesterday, Sunday, because I was a little concerned. Uh, I was struggling to get my hydration levels back. I, I was going <laughs> to send you a picture after a, uh, a trip to the bathroom and be like, is it supposed to be this orange? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> like lots of water. Yeah, lots of water, lots of Gatorade. And yes. I, I think it's finally, it's almost back to uh, its normal uh, yellow color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some Pedialyte will always do some wonders there for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Chad, it gives you some grit. It gives you some some nice grit. You know, I think it's... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to have a nice scar. That's for you, sure. You got to just tell people you should have seen the other guy. Go with that instead of the tiger dog, you know? I mean... The other guy could yeah. be the tiger dog, either way. He could be. <laughs> well, Brady, how are we? Welcome back to the BBP. It's been a couple weeks, so we are rejuvenated. We are going to fill in plenty of time. The The BBP mailbag, again, was blowing up with Overflowing. numerous questions for you and for everyone. So, hey, without further ado, welcome back again. The greatest to ever do it, Mr. Brady Collins. How are we? Doing great, man. I always appreciate those intros. Doing well, man. Got a uh, a fun little week here planned for the boys, and then we'll take a nice little break for uh, July 4th. And I mean, the countdown's ticking. It'll be here before we know it. Let's speak about the boys real quick, Brady, because in the past couple, I'd say last week, there have been a, pu- a couple of pick collages where these players that you guys are sculpting, that they're personally sculpting, they look a little different. They look a little next level. I even saw a couple of people notice 
the picture today of Sauce Gardner and how he's no longer can you say he is slight of weight. No longer you can say this or that. Are you kind of just surprised about how much they continue to keep growing? I know we talk about it biweekly, but still it just looks like the physical evidence is really starting to get there. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. That's, you know, that's, that's ultimately what I notice every single day is how their bodies are changing. Um, but more so it's just to see, you know, the passion a guy like Ahmad has taken, no doubt he loves football and plays really well and practices really well. And to just increase his work ethic and the way he trains. Now he just has so much fun doing it because he knows he's stronger. He knows he's faster. Um, you know, it, it, it is, it's awesome. And, and I love it. I love seeing our guys post pictures of themselves, of, of each other, messing with each other. My picture that I posted of Ahmad and uh, Frozone. Yep. Uh, yep. Which is a testament to Arquan. Last, uh, last week, Arquan kept joking with him saying he looked like Frozone and it just stuck in my head. And I was like, dude, I can't look at him without thinking that anymore. <laughs> but, you know, just, just really proud of all of them. I mean, I mean Everybody looks great right now. Everybody's moving well. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's kicking ass. And uh, it is. It's just, you know, from from our standpoint, it's what you want. That's our that's our ultimate goal is that people are getting stronger. They're getting faster. They're healthy. Their body weights are where they need to be. Some are continuing to gain. Some are continuing to maintain. But, um, you know, kind of like I previously said, that countdown, you know, it's it it's ticking. And, uh, you know, every day on the board, I have it, you know, 70 days, 69 days, 68 days. So, um, but it is, it's awesome to see. I love, I love when, when we get to see pictures of the boys and I hope the, the Bearcat fans love it as well. Where did he get those glasses? I, I mean, those are, those are next level. Did he just walk in one day and everyone was like, oh man, sauce back at it again. Maje has been the, uh, the ringleader of wearing some pretty cool sunglasses every time we're running. And, uh. You know, so today we broke in the new turf down there on Nip, and it's awesome, beautiful. I mean, just so beautiful. Extremely hot today, which was awesome. But, uh, you know, Mod's out there, and he's warming up, and the music's going. He's vibing, and he's feeling it. And he's like, man, I should have brought my sunglasses. And I kind of looked at one of my interns. I go, hey, go down to my office, grab this white pair of, of sunglasses, and bring them up. You know, just because I knew he would have fun with it. I knew, um, you know, I knew he was in the – in the mood to have fun and go hard and all that stuff. And then at the same time, like I said, from Arquan the other day, I was thinking for the zone. So perfect. That's yeah. Fantastic. So, you know, you get the guys back, like how much do you feel like they, uh, they just respond to coming back after, you know, a little time away as opposed to like just when they're at the grind of it day after day, but just that first day back. Oh, uh, you mean like after a break? Right. You know, I think, again, you know, we're very fortunate. We have a veteran locker room and even our young guys, they're acting like the older guys. Well, why is that? Because the culture within that locker room, that's, that's what it is. Um, so anytime we take a little break, whether it's, you know, after uh, the bowl game or spring break, you know, we always kind of, you know, have a little flush back into it. We're not just going to hit the day running and expect them that they, you know, woke up every day at the same time and, ate the right amount of food and hydrated and maybe worked out and all that stuff. So it's a nice little smooth transition, but I think our guys always appreciate it. Um, you know, we do a, a great job in the weight room, just being creative and unique with, you know, times we really push times we, you know, really give back and, you know, days, you know, like our recovery days that we give back to them or even kind of like I hinted at this week being a special week. Um, 
but they do. I mean, our, our kids, they love everything. If it's with the boys, they're all about it. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it is a great, great thing when you can give them a little bit of time because they've earned that time. Um, you know, it always works out for us with our schedule and the way things line up that we can give them that July 4th opportunity to go home, see family, um, you know, be, be with their friends and, you know, just relax, get away for a little bit. Cause like I said, you know, and I, I know I keep saying it, but that countdown clock's ticking and, you know, but our guys are, they're focused. So they know when they come back, it's back to work and uh, looking forward to it. You know, Brady, I want to turn back the clock a couple of weeks, uh, about a week and a half. Someone tweeted saying this, boy, Brady be pushing to the extreme. Gotta love him for that. Do you know who, who that was? Shimon Matire. Oh, big Shimon. Let, a- let me hear a-, a little bit more about him. AKA Kodak Black. He looks just like Kodak Black. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shimon is a great kid. I mean, again, probably didn't do much. Um, no disrespect, just being honest, in high school, which is fine. A lot of kids, they don't. Um, but you want to talk, I call him the sponge. I mean, you teach him one thing, he gets it like that. Um, you know, the way his body I and mean, he, he, his body looks unbelievable. I mean, he's a big boy. Now there's still a lot of sculpting we got to do, but to see him move, to see him bend, I mean, woo, that's, that's what you want. But, uh, I, I love him. I love that whole freshman class. They're doing a really great job right now. Um, but Shaman was a kid that, you know, again, like I said, you just kind of always kind of put your arm around even more because you know he's never been in an environment like this and everything's new and fresh to him, but he's just giving you his all. He wants to make you proud. And, you know, he's getting better every single day. Some guys coming back from injuries from last season in uh, Blue Smith and Charles McClelland. Um, what are you seeing out of those guys as they've been going through their uh, rehab process and kind of working through the, the summer here? Yeah, I mean – Unbelievable things. I think uh, I think Blue has been doing a great job. I think Blue, it all started. Blue had a great winter. I mean, a great winter, and uh, had a, even a great spring. And then um, you know, a guy like Chuck. I mean, we again, a lot of people know what Chuck can do. Some people still don't, but nobody knows what Chuck can do more than us. And uh, to just to see, you know, how his his personality has always been the same. He's smiling. He's going to have fun. He works his butt off day in, day out. He's such a great kid, such a great teammate, unselfish. Um, but to see him uh, back up there, you know, in the top speeds, winning a lot more races, feeling good about himself. And, um, you know, at, at the heaviest weight he's ever been, he's almost 200 pounds. And uh, it is, it's just, you're so proud of him. And you just can't wait to see them finally get back on the field and do what they love to do. Can, can you touch on a little bit of that? Cause it sounds like, what he has is just confidence is really aiding towards just even more of his development. Is that kind of an intangible that can be maybe taught, but more just something that was that's within someone confidence and how much does that do for everyone in the weight room and then onto the field and everything of that sort? Cause it seems like just judging from, from the outside looking in, it seems like a very confident, not cocky, but confident group. No, that, that's a great way to put it. Um, you know, again, there's always going to be some cockiness and arrogance to you, but, you know, we spin that. That's your swagger. That's your juice. Um, you know, again, we're, we are so fortunate. Our guys, I mean, they compete so much against each other, whatever it is, me versus you tying your shoes. Like it's a battle, but um, you know, I think all that confidence, no doubt that comes from, you know, what, what we want to do as, as strength coaches, no doubt we want to build your body to be the best football player you can be. And ultimately what ends up happening? Yeah. You're going to look a hell of a lot better. Your body's going to be leaned up. 
You're going to have veins. You're going to be bigger than you ever are. Um, you're probably going to have more tattoos because that's just the evolution of how they work. But, um, you know, when you think of a guy like Chuck, I mean, Chuck will always be up here and in my heart just because I remember when he came in, he was 161 pounds and, you know, just a great looking kid. But, um, you know, just ate out of the palm of your hand, did everything you wanted to do, um, was a great kid inside and outside the locker room. And obviously had a great year in 18, um, you know, had that setback in 19 and then was kicking butt last year and then running down on the worst turf probably I've ever been on at SMU and, you know, his leg kind of gives out, but again, testament to his family and genetics because he's rehabbed unbelievably fast, but then also just, you know, a lot of things, especially when you're coming off an injury, you know, is just feeling confident in, and not just yourself, but your body, because, you know, a guy like Chuck, you know, he's freaky, you know, he can, you know, the way he runs, he can bend and get so lateral to the ground that like nobody can do that. But, um, you know, it's, it's more about pumping them up when they're feeling good and letting them know how well they're doing and showing them too. I mean, that was the best thing. Like me last week showing Chuck texting him like, dude, I'm so proud of you. Like, look at your speed. You're right up there with the top guys. Like, don't tell me you don't think you've lost a step. And um, so it is. It's awesome. Now who's come in as part of this uh, 2021 class. And really now that you've really gotten your hands on them and, and kind of gotten to work with them, who started to impress you in the weight room and then even what you've seen kind of out on the field and what have you. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the number one thing that stands out is just the size. Um, you know, Thick and I were talking on Friday, he was in there watching the, the freshman workout and it was awesome. Um, you know, just the size of the guys. I mean, Rob Jackson, we haven't had a guy look like Rob Jackson, you know, coming in the door, um, you know, Jack Dingle, whew, um, you know, Luke Collinsworth, great looking kid, still young, you know, has no facial hair and still growing into his body. But just <laughs> when you get big guys like that, that can bend and can move and are athletic, it makes our job easy. I mean, the strength's going to come, right? All that's, uh, And I tell those kids all the time, the weight on the bar should never matter. It's the intent and purpose at which you do it. And it's up to us to coach you on the technique and all that stuff. You just be a sponge, have your eyes open, your mouth shut, your ears, right, listening, and we'll take care of the rest. And, you know, again, just top to bottom, that whole group, been very impressed. Um, I know I said those names, they stick out the most. Dingle, I mean, he's, he's every bit of what you're looking for. I mean, holy cow, you know, almost 230 pounds, strong as an ox, can move. Rob Jackson, just big, big. Uh, Z Lawton, oof, very special, uh, very twitched up um, D lineman, um, you know, Miles Montgomery, the running back. He looks good. Um, Donnelly, obviously the wideout looks good. I talked about Shimon, um, Isaiah Cox. Ooh, I think he's going to be really special. Um, I mean, just all those guys, even, even big Dante, the Godfather. I mean, to be, to be his size and to move the way he does and bend and his little strength that he, you know, we discussed it about him being a little, you know, bowling ball in the middle there, but you know, I, I could keep going cam jr. Leroy Bowers, uh, even the quarterback Lichtenberg, he surprised me. I think he, he has a little, um, a little shit to him. And I like that. So um, really, really impressed with that group. So it's kind of like my philosophy on beers. It's not the number of beers that you drink. It's the intensity in with which you drink them. hundred percent. hundred percent. Just making sure we're on the same page, same philosophy. <laughs> and that's why we like natter days <laughs> well brady let's keep it going name wise with with that new class there's 
just a few that we didn't touch on first time around. And I wanted to wait a little bit because a, a player like Caleb Schmitz, where where do you see him projecting kind of a, a an athlete in high school, now going to be more of that tight end role at the next level? How has he looked so far as, as he's been on campus for a couple of weeks? Really good. Um, you know, again, he's a kid, I think, uh, raised the right way and, you know, just, again, soaking everything up, slowly growing, getting stronger, all those things, moves really well, um, got a little length to him. He's not as tall, obviously, Josh Wiley and Lenny, but, you know, he's got great size to him. Um, you know, I think he's very cerebral, which is really going to help, you know, and um, but he is, he's doing a really great job. And then three black cats to, to round it out. Jalen Monroe, Aisa Jarman, Jonah Lytle. Just three, uh, three more, two, two, two DBs and another defensive lineman. How, how have they looked so far? So Issa, Issa, I think looks really good. Um, you know, Issa's a guy, he always stands out to me. He's always in the front. Um, you know, he's always pushing the guys, um, holding each other accountable, <clears throat> doing a really good job there. Jonah looks like a mini Arquan Bush. You guys will know what I'm talking about when you see his face. Um, okay. I mean, it's almost like identical. It's scary. And they both got dreads and they were both really little when they got here, but, uh, he's doing a great job as well. And then, um, the Jalen kid, he's actually not here right now. So just waiting on him. Right. Okay. Chad, Aaron. I mean, I, I, I thought you guys were kind of trying to work through this. We got so much mailbag stuff. But let's. Oh. We try to squeeze okay. as much of this in as possible as we can, because if not, this is going to be a three hour show. I've got <laughs> I've got a fun one right off the bat. Then let's let's continue with the whole competition feel. And I think you guys have done some tug of war contests in the past, but this is I'm, an interesting one for you, Brady. OK, it's going to be Big Juan Briggs, my Jay Sanders, Ty Van Fossen and Ahmad Sauce Gardner on one side. Did you soak that up? I got it. Other side, Curtis Brooks, Malik Van, Darian Beavers, Kobe Bryant. Poof. <laughs> why, why is it all black cats versus black cats? Ah, good, that, good that, point. I don't, we, don't, we don't get to pick the questions that are in the mailbag read. I, I mean, we'll give you Ryan ask, UC uh, 2009's information and you can ask him. Okay. Got Maje on one side, and Maje is just a guy that I don't think I've ever seen lose anything. You got Kobe on the other side, another guy I've never seen lose anything. Uh, man, that's tough. I mean, Briggs is obviously strong. Curtis is strong, but I mean, he'll get him going. Beavers is a uh, freak show of nature. Ahmad's way better. Uh, that's tough. I don't know. I'm going to have to go with uh, – I got to go with the GOAT, Kobe Bryant side, because he's just – there's no way he's going to lose. Love it. Love that. Maj That's all right. <laughs> Sauce will just bleep that part out. So we can go <laughs> uh, one of the questions that came up a couple times, actually, people want to know what's going on with uh, Jonathan Allen. With big John Allen? Mm -hmm. So he's just uh, recovering from knees and stuff like that, healthy and, you know, live healthy. And uh, you know, kind of take care of himself uh, off the field more than on the field, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with that. And that's Wait. something we that like that's something we knew coming in is is because of his injury, he had a ways to go. Yeah, and, and 
it's hard for somebody that size to come back yeah. quickly. You know, when you're talking about Chuck and you're talking about, you know, James Wiggins, like th- those bodies are, I don't want to say built to come back from injury, but they're genetic freaks. Yeah. Jonathan, that just so much stress and strain on that knee. Like it, it's going to take a while for him to get back where he needs to be. And the, the COVID year didn't help just because of all the limitations and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, we just, just trying to get him to live better and be healthy. And, uh, you know, again, I know it's so easy just to talk about football with a lot of things, but, you know, with some people, it's more about just getting them to live better than it is, you know, playing football better. Sure. Go, going based off big John Allen, let's, let's, let's talk just quick updates. Cause I think everyone loved hearing just how heavy both my Jay Sanders and Ahmad sauce Gardner were the last time you gave us updates on that. Is, are we still hovering around those same numbers? We are. They're, they're kicking ass, man. I mean, again, you know, you don't have sauce to two Oh five yet. Come on, man. No, he's got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time. <laughs> you know, it, it, like, again, I just think of today, you know, we did our, our run and nip. Then we came in the weight room. We kind of, I mixed it up on them. We normally do uppers on Monday with this week being unique and fun. Uh, we did a light dynamic effort, lower body today. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I had it on there and I told the guys, hey, if you want to try to beat your vertical jump sometime today, like go for it. And, you know, rightfully so, as soon as we broke it down in the weight room, I'm going, I'm training my guys, all that stuff. And then we get to the very end and uh, my guys have already stretched and they're like, hey, coach, let's, let's see what our verts are. And I'm like, after the lift, like, you sure? So, of course, you know, they're competitive. They get going at it. Of course, Ahmad PRs, um, Ritter PR. Wiley PRs, Prater PRs, Michael Young, uh, Maji tied his. And it's just like, these guys did that post-run and post-lift. And it's just like, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, no, th- those two are both doing a great job at uh, holding their body weight. And I mean, it is, it's it's freaking. I mean, again, I normally don't like to to run the big boys long distance. You know, they only run 10 yards at, at most hard with, or without chains. But Maji is such a freak of nature. I mean, he runs He runs with Dez. He runs with Beavers. And he's right up there with them. Um, so it's scary. What are well, some What of, is that PR for sauce? Yeah, what are some of the vert PR? Uh, it was a 35 and a half inch vert. So very, very, very good. You know? And uh, again, as he continues to feel confident, more confidence, which he's always been, but <clears throat> like I told him, being heavier, being stronger, it's going to make you better. So he's already faster, all those things. How about this from uh, Cam Meller, M-E-L-L-O-R, who's the Senior Communications Creative Director for Pro Football Network? Yeah. He took that picture today of Sauce, and he said, Ahmad Gardner, take the word slight out of your scouting profiles for Ahmad Sauce Gardner immediately. That off-season workout plan is working. So it's, it's being noticed. Yes. Well, that's, I mean, again, that's good. And again, all I ever want is for all our kids to get that recognition. I know Ahmad's always going to get the recognition, um, but uh, that's, that's why I love the, the pictures being put out. That's why I love putting a few pictures out here and there. Uh, I, the more recognition and the more love our guys get, the better it is for everything because, you know, again – we know the the target on our back and our chest, and 
we step up to it. We're thriving in it. And we want, we want the country to know who we are and uh, what we're doing and all that stuff. So it, that's awesome. I love that. So Brady, talk- this is, I, 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 let me, let me, let me jump in for a second. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Brady, it, this program is, is obviously been on the rise for the better part of, of 15 years. Um, there have been seasons with postseason accolades, all Americans, things of that nature. What there's very rarely been for this program are preseason accolades where going into the season, guys with the sea paw on their chest are being recognized at the level that we're seeing Ahmad, that we're seeing sauce, that, that we're seeing Des. How cool is it as a coaching staff to look at, what you guys have been created and, and the culture that you've, you know, fostered here to see those guys being able, because that I think personally seeing that stuff in the preseason is better than seeing it in the postseason Because to me, it means people are on notice. People are aware going into the season that, that you see football means something. Every week, every three days, it feels like Ahmad Gardner is a first-team All-American somewhere new. As a coaching staff, how rewarding is that to see that 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 work that you guys have put in over the past four and a half years now is paying off with the accolades that these guys have earned and deserve? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like I said, you know, the number one thing as a coach that you want for your team and your players is to be rewarded. You want them to, to get everything that they deserve. Now, in hindsight, what they deserve is ultimately what you earn. And again, when you put in the work, when you put in that, that daily grind and you actually devote yourself not only to the team, but to whatever it takes to put yourself in that position, just like in life, good things are going to happen. So it is, it's awesome. I love seeing all of it. And then I'll flip it in hindsight. What does it do? All it does is motivate us even more. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Ahmad, and that's great, right? So they should. What does that in turn do? Only motivates Kobe Bryant even more. You know what I mean? Um, they want to talk about Maje, and that's awesome. Rightfully so, they should. What's that do? Only motivate everybody else on the D-line. Um, you know, and again, Dez gets his accolades here and there. Dez also gets his share of people that doubt him. And let me tell you, there's nothing greater in this world that Dez loved more than people doubting him. And uh, I'll let them know that, you know, if I see something where they pick him as, you know, the second best quarterback in the ACC or AAC or, you know, the fifth best overall, all that stuff, I let him know because I know he cares and I know it's a little extra motivation for him. But at the end of the day, I know that also isn't all those guys are thinking about the way we operate. Okay, we'll show you and we'll put our, you know, hand in the dirt. We'll see how you revert against us. Ultimately, that's all that matters. Have you really sensed that kind of, you know, you, you touched on obviously the two big names that are getting a lot of recognition. Do you sense that in the underclassmen as well that are kind of seeing, okay, if I do what I need to do, I can be on these preseason lists. I can be getting those accolades. Is that, does it give them an extra boost, if you will, to know, hey, I can do whatever I want here as long as I put in the work? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think, uh, you know, again, those kids, those younger kids are always going to look up to those guys, especially when they're getting all those accolades. And I always tell them, I mean, we have a sign in our weight room. You know, you better see, hear, and feel your brothers. What does that mean? Okay. 
So I'm Rob Jackson. I'm this big, you know, 6'5", 282-pound, long, good-looking DN. And I come in here, and Maje's the top dog, and he's getting all this love, and he's getting all this stuff. Okay, what am I ultimately going to do? I'm going to be seeing him every single day. I'm going to be watching him, how he acts, how he trains, um, how he is outside the building, all that stuff. I'm going to be hearing how he talks, how he works, how he, you know, communicates to others within his unit and on the team. And ultimately, I'm going to be feeling him. I'm going to be feeling his presence. I'm going to be feeling his leadership. Um, you know, whenever he's got to be hard on me, all those types of things. So, you know, I, I think it's huge. And again, it's only just more of a motivator for us because th these guys are all getting those accolades. Yes, because they perform really well on the field, but you got to scale it back and peel back the layers. It's because they grind so hard. They put in the work. They study the film. Um, you know, again, nobody can just show up on game day and ball out. Like it doesn't just happen. So it is, it's awesome. It's great for, uh, you know, our older guys, even down to the younger guys. Cause you know, again, there's so many guys that get all these accolades and then there's so many guys that don't that, you know what, they're going to make it happen. You know, the Darian Beavers, the Alec Pierce's, the Michael Young, the Trey Tuckers, the Jerome Fords. Um, you know, again, right now I'd be, I'd not be lying to you. You know, they, they said our O-line, you know, some magazines and whatnot is the fourth best in the conference. Okay, that's fine. You can say what you want. I know the O-line that we have. I've seen how hard they've been working. I know the love and the commitment and the passion that they have, the size, the strength of them, the way they move. I'm good. I'll take them any day of the week. So, you know, it, it is. It's, it's one of those things that you definitely you love to see. And then also, or ultimately, we use it as, a, as more of a chip on our shoulder. Now, as you're kind of talking about the guys who maybe have that kind of chip, um, have you noticed anybody who is like a returning guy in the weight room that maybe is is kind of surprising you and maybe is going to make an impact this year as opposed to what they've done in the past? Like just kind of a coming out of nowhere this season? Coming out of nowhere? I mean, of course, we, we as, as we're all avid fans, we know the guys on the roster, but I mean, like <laughs> you're you're casual they're going to be like, Oh, this is a name I should know. Um, boy, that's tough. Uh, I mean, you know, guys that stand out, uh, a Jaquan Shepard. I think he's done an extremely well, um, or extremely great job of kind of, you know, intensifying what he is, his sense of urgency, attention to detail. I think he's always trained really well. I think now he's just selfishly kind of ticked it up a notch because, you know, again, you know, he's not a young guy anymore and all that stuff. And he's earned more playing time and more uh, respect. Um, you know, he stands out. Uh, man, there's a lot of names that just come, come to mind. But, um, you know, up front on the O-line, I mean, you could go – all, all of those guys. I mean, I think there's some guys that are going to really bust out and have great years. Um, you know, Trey Tucker, guys talk about him a little bit, but I don't think they talk about him enough. Kid's a freak of nature. I mean, 175 pounds, he looks like a running back. He's the fastest kid. I mean, he's so competitive. He's so strong. He's such a great kid. Great work ethic, all that stuff. Um, Cole Smith looks really, really good. Um, really happy for him. Um I mean, cool. They're they're everywhere, man. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> well, it is. well, yeah. You know, Cole, Cole Smith. Go ahead, Brady. I was just gonna say, you know, I mean, nobody ever talks about Joel DeBlanco, and you know, I know it. He's been here yeah. for ten years or whatever it is, <laughs> but 
Um, you know, Joel looks great, doing an extremely well job. Um, a guy that really stood out to me today, actually, that is kind of off the radar a little bit, is uh, Will Huber. You know, again, Will Huber's been a special teams, you know, tight end type of guy for us and, you know, moved over to the Black Cats, and rightfully so. They saw something in him that they really liked. And, man, I mean, he's always trained his ass off and done really well and a great teammate and all that stuff. But, you know, seeing him today running with the – with some of those guys and winning some races and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, all right. Well, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's hard to pick out just a few guys, but sure. you know, just really proud of all of them. You know, it, you mentioned Cole Smith. I, there were some pictures that he posted today. I looks saw like, that. looks like he's trying to take on that James Smith role of a potential defensive back at certain times, but yeah, <laughs> now he was looking good, but he is. Yeah. We know it's not going to be Mason Fletcher's not to the James Smith status yet, but okay. in, due, in due time. I mean, that frame. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Brady, it, it sounds like you've been mentioning a lot of people have hunger, a lot of, a lot of hunger to get better. Well, before we touch on food, because there's some food questions for you, let's talk about uh, how hungry the offensive line truly gets. You've been mentioning them throughout. Who is, who are you kind of, picking out to be the one that needs to get the most calories each day? Who's someone that you're kind of monitoring the calories? What is the calorie intake for an offensive line? And why is it less than what I eat every day? <laughs> is it? well, it's, all, it's all dependent on their genetic makeup, right? Their physiological structure, what they're trying to be a healthy body weight with a lean mass. And then, uh, you know, we work, sit down with them, calculate it. Um, but I would say the number one guy that, you know, is kind of always one self-aware of it two that we're helping with, but again, being an older guy, he's, he's maintaining it and dominating it and really kind of starting to help some of the younger guys is uh, Vinny McConnell. You know, again, Vinny will always stand out because when he came in, he was like 256 pounds. And I just remember, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, you know, he's coming from masculine. I'm like, shit, all right, here we go. We got a dog, a dog from that. And then, like, him and I were actually talking about it the other day. His first week here couldn't have been more atrocious than I've ever seen in my life. Like, you want to talk about couldn't even finish, like, a push-up, you know? And uh, I just always remember, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? This kid's going to be all right because he's tall, he's long, he's lean, um, but he can bend. He's, he's athletic. He's got a little, you know, a little twitch to him, and he's got some – He's got some shit to him, which, you know, I loved about him. And then, you know, just through the years, he's evolved, gained weight, lost a little bit, held weight, gained weight, lost weight, but like plays extremely hard, uh, is the leader of our O-line for sure. And, uh, you know, so Vinny stands out to me the most. I mean, he's easily on a 6,000 plus calorie meal a day. And, uh, you know, he looks great right now. He's holding 300, the best he ever has ever. Like, I mean, when he weighs in, it's 299, 300, 300, 301, 299. Like, that's perfect. It used to be he'd get up to 300. And then all of a sudden, you know, a week later, he'd be 285 again. Like, not anymore. So, um, but again, getting those big guys to understand, yes, anybody can get calories from McDonald's or Chipotle and all that stuff. And Chipotle is not even that bad if you get the right things. It's all about putting into your body what you ultimately need because, again, just because I'm 6'5 and 300 pounds and you're 6'4 and a half, 310, we don't need the same amount of calories, proteins, carbs, all that kind of stuff, fats, 
there's individual needs that we all need. So kind of a little fine, fine tuning mad scientist approach that we take to it. Is that like, do you, would you say the office line room is the number one room that eats the most calories or are, are those the players that you're trying to add Volk to maybe in the linebacker room or defensive backs or running backs? Oh boy. We don't need to add any bulk to the linebackers. They're big boys now. Right. Um, great. Um, no, again, I mean, if you just took them as a whole, of course their caloric intake is going to be bigger because they're bigger. But then in hindsight, you know, you look at the DBs, you know, you got Kobe Bryant, he's almost 200 pounds. I'm sure his caloric intakes just about up there because he's got a higher metabolism. He's got to eat that much to burn off all the things that he's, you know, working and fueling. Um, Ahmad, I mean, Ahmad's easily on a 6,000 plus because he can handle it and he's gaining weight. Um, you know, Arquan being 190, he's great. Um, but then, you know, he trickles down to those younger guys, the Sammy Andersons, um, you know, who's a guy that's right on the cusp of being the next, you know, great corner for us, I think. Um, you know, being 180, he's, you know, in my eyes, just like an Arquan, just like a young Kobe and Ahmad, you know, being 180 now, okay, that's fine. Let's get to 190 and then let's get to 200. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's just all individually based, you know, again, a guy like Dez, Dez is going to eat easily 6,000 calories a day. Um, why? Because one, he's got a high metabolism Two, three you know, in order for him to continue to gain the weight that he is, he's got to continue to up his increase of caloric intake. Now, before we get more into food, because I know that you guys had a little, little meetup, but um, one of the questions that came out was uh, who wins a pickup basketball game? Now they ask the tight end room or the wide receiver room. I'm more curious, which room would win a pickup basketball game out of all of the rooms? Oh boy. Uh, Wide receivers. No way. Who? Blue Smith, Aaron Prater, Alec Pierce, Chris Scott, Tyler Scott. Pierce Pierce can dunk. Can he shoot? No. I don't know. (laughs) Who Uh, can shoot? Blues? Yeah, blue. Okay. Um, Would it be the quarterback room? I would say it'd be be either the tight end. What What are we playing? We playing three on three? It's got to be five on five. Well, if the quarterback room's out, then there's only four guys. Right. That's right. It doesn't mean they couldn't take them. Yes, it does. I know Evan is really, really good. Um, I know Lenny's really, really good. I know Wiley's just going to attack you and beat you up down low and have fun and be crazy. Um, Shimon, Mattire. Who's the point guard for the tight end room? Who's going to distribute? He had Len- three triple doubles last year. He's, Len- not, he's the only guy that probably knows how to dribble. Work. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's tough. Definitely not the running back room. Not a knock on them. Just saying. Definitely not. There's uh, no height. No. I mean, that's that's a tough question. That's I mean, tight ends versus wideouts. I guess in the end, you got to give the nod to the wideouts. Um. But again, if they're going to try to post up down low, I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, so you take but, away the three-point line, and it's game over. Tight ends win all day. <laughs> um, but it would, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the kids could tell you a better five-on-five situation, but <laughs> that's a five-on-five five offense versus defense. Right. Offense. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. 
Yeah, all right. Offense has got the basketball players. Yeah, you'd have you'd have Prater at point. Um, Lenny would be a three or four. Uh, you know what, Dylan O'Quinn or Woodside would be the five. Yeah, really good there. Uh, Collinsworth is really good at basketball as well. That's right. He was in Indiana, like all time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Ah, that gets rough from there. I mean, defense, <laughs> I mean, how do you not go with defense? You're gonna have Beavers, bleh, Maje, uh, and they play Sammy. basketball though. Sammy, not, Sammy's very good. Yeah. Sammy would, would be the Sammy's best player on the defense. I, I, I would go with the Black Hats just because you got Sammy, you got Beavers, and you got Maje, and whoever else you want to throw out there, you're fine because you can't keep Kobe off the court, right? Uh, I mean, he'll post, he'll do what he got to do. Um, but no, you're, I mean, Sammy, Sammy, for sure. Sammy's a, a ball and Beavers. Beavers is a freak. I, be, I think the, the best one-on-one matchup would be Sammy versus Evan, Prater, right? Yeah. Like that's one-on-one. That would be good. That'd be a good one. I'm we sure need to make that happen. I can make that happen. I hear there's a barn. <laughs> and then do, do Beavers versus Lenny. That'd be a nice little one-on-one right there. Man. I think oh I can't say that, but that would be a good one. That would be a good one. We'll hold back. We'll hold That'd back. be an Ocho, you know, performance. Ooh, I like it. A little little cornhole going on on the side. You got the little little barn action on the court. I like it. But uh, okay, without further ado, Brady and Chad, you guys have the floor. Talk about your Brendel Bites experience. And Brady, tell me why you're all of a sudden a star. You've got a lot of buzz around you. I don't know. Maybe maybe Chad's got to bring you on for, for a couple of uh, more guest appearances, if you will. I would easily do some more guest appearances when it comes to food. <laughs> Brady's got the, had the rare opportunity to meet the uh, brains behind the operation. It's very true. Uh, and it's not me or Kelsey. <laughs> That's right. Kelly runs the show, right? Like it, it, we show. just we we do what she says. <laughs> you do got yourself a little diva on your hands. Yeah, Which yeah. Scares the shit out of me in a couple of years for sure. <laughs> I don't think you. I hopefully yours doesn't have as much spunk as mine. Oof, she's there's there's remnants that I saw that I was like, oh crap. <laughs> but you know, that was. You know, I'll give you a great story about mine today, Brady. So last night we're running out to, to grab something and I'm like, you know, it would be great right now. Like a, it's like nine 30 at night. I'm like a blizzard from dairy queen would be outstanding. And she's like, Ooh, that does sound good. And I was like, I'd, I'd get some, some chicken strips with some gravy. Cause they have the great, they're the only place that serves gravy with chicken strips. I'm like that would be so good. She's like, it would dad. So I get done with radio today. And I call home to see what we're going to do for dinner. And Kelly's like, oh, I just got home from Dairy Queen. And I'm like, you, she had you go get Dairy Queen? She's like, yeah, she had said she wanted Dairy Queen for dinner. I'm like, tell her I'm going to smack the shit out of her when I get home. And she, <laughs> she jumped me in line before I even had a chance, took my idea, and had my wife go get her the ex- a blizzard, chicken strips with gravy, and I came home and she's sitting there eating her blizzard with just the biggest grin on her face. Like, yeah, that's right, Dad. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. ganked your idea. Yeah. Chad, I, 
Chad, I was a little little saddened that you didn't go with the the rub the, that we were talking about before. The Grippo's rub, I forgot. I just I, I went into and Brady knows it was kind of overwhelming. They had a lot for a barbecue place. They had a it lot did. of options. It did. But and you got I, the flavored pork rinds. I did. And those were delicious. Those are really, really good. So I just, I spaced on the Grippo's flavored because I like, I, I, when I get something, I want to get the baseline. If I'm getting wings, I want your hot sauce. I want to see what your, your hot, t- like your Buffalo sauce tastes like. And then I realized it after I ordered it and we sat down that I forgot to order the Grippo's wings, but Brady got like their signature wing. The G-Funk. The G-Funk, yeah. Yeah, really good. G-Funk dry rubbed. Okay. Yeah. Have you been back since? Have you been back since? Uh, No, I haven't. I haven't. I might have to recommend it this week for for the family. I've had I've had quite a few people hit me up. I had uh, one today actually hit me up. I, I think it was your podcast partner, Aaron. Who Ed? I think it was Ed that said he went and got some G Funk wings. I have to. Sounds about right. It's right around the corner from his house. Yeah, got the yep. Yeah, Ed Brendel got the G Funk wings over the weekend. <laughs> they ain't no joke. <laughs> Ed no, Brendel. That was awesome. That was fun to, uh, you know, to get out there with you and meet your family and then obviously eat some really great food. Um, so, hey, anytime you want to do it, I'm there. <laughs> it's not as far away from me as I thought. Like, it's it's a it's a haul. It's a good distance. Well, you probably took 75 south, Yeah, right? the back yeah. way. Yeah. North. Yeah. If I took 275 south to get home, I got to go north from here to get to you oh yeah from here yeah but i'm saying when you left yeah yeah Yeah. i took south right it was good though it was really good good barbecue those wraps were ridiculous man i it made me want one and i'm not a wrap guy exactly like you know i I think i knew they had those wraps there before but every time like i said when we've gone there we've gotten the wings we've gotten the pulled brisket or pork or something like that but then when those wraps came out and Kelly and your daughter were eating those. I was like, I should have got a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. I should have got a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said in the show. They look like like the pictures you see that people take. It was so, like yeah, they were yeah, and they look like the pictures that people take. And then when you get there, the food doesn't look anything like that. No, I don't think they could have taken a picture that looked as good as those wraps did. Let's not forget the fried pretzel bites. Those were those were outstanding too. Boy. I mean, have you ever had fried pretzels, Gus? Uh, different than regular pretzels. Lightly. Yeah, regular light- pretzels are bright, baked. These were fried. Oh. Lightly, lightly. So it's a Just, little crunch. Yes. I mean, it was. And, and there a super light over- inside. Was there they a were. salt overkill? No. They didn't use any salt. No salt. I like that. I'm not, good. I'm not a salt on my pretzel guy. No. Real good. They're, yeah, they were, it was very good. It was a very, very cool experience. And I appreciate Brady for stopping out and joining us and uh, getting the Brendel, the full Brendel. Everybody gets the Chad experience. Very few people get the full Brendel family experience, which we is should, uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say we, we should promote Midwest Barbecue. They should bring a little truck down to the tailgate area for the football games. I mean, 
that would be a great idea. I would suggest that we get you get them to, to tailgate for a uh, the football team, but that's a lot of barbecue, boy. That's, that's a lot, lot of smoking meats. That's a lot of food. But hey, who knows? They might be up for it. Well, you guys are making me hungry. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the BBP completely now. But definitely. No, I, anything else for Brady, guys? We, of course, have held, uh, held the goat I'm a good. little bit longer than, than always and anticipated. But We still got plenty. We, we do. Give me, give me them. Let's go. Let's give the people what they want. Oh, oh no. I just mean plenty of show. We got, we got plenty, plenty of show, show to, to get through. Oh, that's true. You still got basketball. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And like 30 more mailbag questions that aren't directed at you, that are directed at me. The secret well, stuff we can't talk about with you. <laughs> yeah. That's You're not allowed to talk limits. about this stuff. That I'll, that I'll find out when I listen later. The stuff <laughs> I covered all, all the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stuff that if you talk about compliance will be at your uh, office in the morning. Knock, knock. Very true. Very true. Very true. No, uh, that's. But you know what? That's, I mean, that's a big time thing that you guys do. And I think that's awesome. Um, you know, I think, I think those kids appreciate it more than anything. You know? they, they were asking for articles all over the place. <laughs> well, again, I mean, all you, all you want to do is the kids that come, that they visit, that they experience all that stuff. You're just trying to get a little insight. And I think even a little bit of that insight is good for the Bearcat fans to know as well, because Ultimately, what do they want to know? They want to know the next wave of guys that are coming in. And, you know, it is. It's it's awesome. And, you know, again, like I said, the more those kids want to talk and, you know, tell you what happened and what they're feeling and all that stuff, it just gives them more outlet and feel more at home. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is make those kids feel at home. But um, I think Coach always says it best. He does a great job of always telling the kids, you know, whoever comes and visits and all that stuff, Ultimately, at the end of the day, you guys are going to tell us, you know, if they're the right fit and if they are vibing with everything that's going on here and all that stuff, because, you know, coaches don't sell a program and coaches don't recruit to a program. The kids do. And uh, so I, I, I know we've had a, a great couple past weeks here. And um, but again, that's, you know, obviously a testament to all of our coaches, but really to to our players. No doubt. Program is at a, uh, an all time high. There's no doubt about that. And, and as is the uh, another appearance from Brady Collins on the BBP, that means the BBP yet again is at an ultimate high. So, Brady, sadly, we have to say goodbye. But uh, I could always do a live show Friday morning. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Or at least. I, I definitely don't think compliance is going to let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good tease, though. A good little tease, though. So, uh Keep 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 your eyes peeled to the board. Maybe not your ears sparked up, but uh, eyes peeled to the board. How about that? Now, nobody ever said pictures were a bad thing, right, Chad? Oh no, I got no. a camera. Exactly, camera. Exactly. So Friday it is. Make it a date. Special day, boys. Special day. Very special. Very special. Brady. Until then, you are awesome. Thanks for coming on, as always. And I, I guess have a good, you know, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, Friday, special, special day. A little something, a little something special. But I yeah. uh, appreciate it, guys. Always always a pleasure talking with you and look forward to it again here soon. Always. See you soon, Coach. Always. Love Take you, care. Brady. See you, man. Bye, Brady. See you. Well.
Guys, again, Brady Collins, the greatest, one of the best of all time. What I need to say now is we talked soft pretzels. Didn't want to really mention it with with, with Brady on the pod because you know, I don't want to take away from any soft pretzels that you guys enjoy. But I tell you what, Notre Dame Stadium, one of the best soft pretzels out there. So all of you fans, head to the game, sit back, enjoy a tasty soft pretzel at Notre Dame Stadium while uh, the, uh, the old Bearcats are on the field making you even more happy than what the soft pretzel is doing for you. So just a little, a little tip for all of you guys who are going to make that trip. I imagine it probably soaks up the tailgate a little, little bit. Uh, yeah. Too. Yeah. I'll say by my third soft pretzel that I had in that <laughs> one day, it was soaking up something. There was no doubt about that. But golly. So guys, of course, football, we could probably put that behind. I, Friday is something that, that Brady kept pointing to. I, I believe if you could put two and two together right before break, heading to the July 4th, I'm pretty sure you know what hopefully Friday is going to bring. And, I mean, it's just another indicator of how awesome the staff is at making everything a competition and fun. Because, I, you know, back in the day in sports, conditioning was probably my least favorite thing ever. And if you saw me, you would understand why. But it looks like when they make conditioning a competition and make it be who's better than who – that's when everyone buys in and that's when the conditioning all of a sudden becomes fun. So I think the staff is just uncanny at doing that. Yeah. It's been a, <sighs> it's been a whirlwind of an off season. <laughs> Speaking of whirlwind, got a big, uh, big commitment on Sunday. It was uh, it was an interesting tidbit where you have a visit, you, you mark a commitment date. And then a day later he says, no, 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 I'm going to bring it up in a, a full week earlier and move it to that Sunday for a commitment day. You know, Aaron, you were able to talk to him numerous times yep. for the past couple of weeks. Tell us a little bit more about Mr. Peterson. So when I talked to Marcus the first time around, he did drop before he'd even released it on, uh, on anywhere. He hadn't announced it on Twitter or anything, but he said that July 4th was when he was going to be announcing his commitment. And then all of a sudden, and so that was like, that was news that I was breaking. And then all of a sudden here he was, kind of flipping the script a little he bit. couldn't wait he no, couldn't he, wait he was so excited and i talked to him he was like when i when i called coach gino and and coach brown and and talked to him and told him you know i'm committing to cincinnati he said they were just so excited they were yelling on the phone i i mean think about it though with for a team for a class that loses you know Ian Pugh, and all of a sudden not even a week passes and you get Marcus Peterson. I'm sure the Nick Castellanos Grand Slam just happened, so everyone's pumping their fists. But I'm pumping my fists for Marcus Peterson. How about <laughs> that quick turnaround for the staff? You know, losing Ian Pugh, which is, you know, that situation is what it is. And then all of a sudden, you get a player of the caliber of Marcus Peterson, who, if you watch his tape, he is leaps and bounds better than well anyone he's playing against. Let me say this about Peterson. He fits – the mold of what they want outside more than Ian Pugh does. Mm -hmm. Ian Pugh was 160 pounds, hundred. Like every time we talk to Brady about guys that show up at that weight, right. can you hear how annoyed his voice is that, <laughs> that they dare send him a guy? It's like 155 <laughs> pounds, 160 pounds. Like that's, that's not, you know, I think when they, when they took Ian Pugh, there was a hope 
that there was some development, you know, physically that was going to happen. Look, I got radio tomorrow. I got to watch the Reds game <laughs> while I'm, I'm doing this podcast. I'm not mad about any of this. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and some of that development was, was not there. And, you know, I think Marcus Peterson fits much more of, of the type of outside receiver that they're looking for. You know, he measured from what I was told, he measured six, two in socks. Uh, they don't play football in socks. Sure don't. Last I checked. So that's six, three, six, three and a half. Once you put cleats on him, um, you know, and, and right already up near that 200 pound range. Like this is a big physical outside kid who actually threw for more yards than he received for yeah. last year. And make no mistake, guys. UCF went all out this weekend on his unofficial visit mm -hmm. to get him to change his mind. And, and he, you know, he went with the, with his coach and a couple teammates and, uh, and Gus Malzahn did everything humanly possible to land Marcus Peterson. And he was dead set on being a Bearcat. So one of the things that stood out to me when I talked to him the first time around was just when he said specifically that on his official visit, when he sat down with the coaches and they talked about uh, where he would fit in and how he would fit in, and they told him what he needed to hear and wanted to hear as far as how he would fit with the schemes and with the offense of, you know, this Red Cat offense. That, to me, like that statement alone was just Red, red alert offense. Let's use red alert. Oh, we're, Let we're it done. fly. Let it fly. Yes. It's the Black Cats. And red, defense, alert. and red alert on offense. Right. We got, we got to work on your terminology, Aaron. <laughs> you got to study the handbook a little tighter. You learn, you learn <laughs> sleep anymore, man. What so, is sleep? It doesn't exist these days. So, That's what I did on vacation for three days. <laughs> right. Right. But that was more recovery sleep. Not, not, not the real good stuff, but I also thought one thing about Peterson was kind of, kind of really that versatility, you know, willing to do anything in order to help the team. Like, as you mentioned, Chad was needed at quarterback filled in there plays, you know, defense. Well, he was a punter, just the epitome of someone who is the best player on his team, obviously the best athlete as well. So a, and he hoops a big, too. Yeah. Hoops as well. So a, a very big pickup. I, you know, Chad, how does it work nationally when, when the national rankers put someone at a tight end position or something along those lines. Is it kind of just apparently like it's a pain? Um, I mean, he's if you look at his profile, he's listed as a wide well, wide receiver, right? But in his ranking, he was originally listed as a tight end, and right. getting that switch and getting all the coding changed on like where he ends up ranked as a tight end as a wide receiver is apparently a pain. Uh, it's a but like it's something that's done at the the national level in Nashville. Right. Um, so getting it switched, it, the request has been put in, uh, but you know, well, a lot of times people demand things of, of us that are of no control of us. Right. Even and as we talk, that about is one of those things. Even as we talk about his ranking though, you look at those 33 offers, 33 yeah. offers, and you're talking LSU, you're talking Georgia, you're talking Ole Miss. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. I mean, you can't tell me that this kid is not underrated where he's currently slotted, even even as a tight end. 
Well, I mean, his, his rating as a wide receiver would stay. I mean, he would be, I don't think they would change him from an 85 77 because that's where he was. And he's only played wide receiver and quarterback. I don't think he's played tight end. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see on that. Like I, it's so dumb that like the way that that all has to be done. Basically what happened is that when he was originally listed and ranked, he was originally listed and ranked as tight end and getting that switched is just a pain in the ass. But I, guess, I mean, I guess just my point is even as, even if you put him at receiver, like I can't imagine that the point eight, five, seven, seven is not underrated. Like I would think that would have to be underrated looking at how many offers and who was offering. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't I don't work. I literally don't work in that department. So <laughs> I don't know what thought process they have goes into that. Well, the, well, the department that we do work in is the one that brings you information on how he felt after his commitment. And it was pure joy, Aaron. Great job again on that article. And I, I tell you what, big addition to the team. Let's quickly flip to basketball unless you guys want to touch any more on football. I think we've we've wiped that one pretty dry. Basketball, talking about a big addition, not really one that has been added to the team, but one that made it to town. Chad, this was touched on on the last BCJ pod. We haven't been able to talk about it since. John Newman is on campus. And from what I gather, just judging off his Instagram uh, video, is that he is a – he. let's say that his golf game could use some practice, a lot like some of the other players on the team – Front footage from their top golf experience has shockingly kids that play basketball generally don't golf a lot. Right. No, it's very true. One of my good friends, he played basketball at Purdue. And I tell you what, we went out golfing a couple of years ago and I, I told him, I'm sorry, man, but I think you're going to have to sit out for the back nine. Just, just <laughs> roll around in the car. You're going to drive the cart, buddy. You're yeah. going to have some beers and drive the cart. You're just going to be chilling. There's, there's no more need, but still, you, you've got to just love how happy all of them looked, how, how much fun it looked like they were having. And, of course, this is post – not post, but where, where things are starting to open up more in regards to COVID and whatnot. So this is just awesome to continue to see that footage and continue to see how fun everyone is having. And uh, John Newman back on – is on campus now. Have, have we been able to have any little birdies fill us in on how he has been looking as far as no, not yet. from that point? Not yet. Okay. Can't wait to hear it because he seems to be that wing defensively, aggressively that uh, can really aid the team, especially because, you know, not, not too much depth on the wing as far as that goes. Hopefully I'll talk to some birdies before the BCJ pod on Thursday, but in case you didn't, hadn't heard, I was, I was on vacation. Yeah, no, I, I did get that memo. Get that. <laughs> hey, hey, Brent. So as we're talking about top golf, go, kind of going back to football here for a second. Yeah. There was, there was a fantastic story from uh, one of one of the kids who who is a commit at this point. Um, while they were top golfing, um, the the club flew out of his hands right. while while top golfing, and it flew into the air, and everyone turned to look to watch why everyone was yelling. And it flew into the air. It actually landed in a hole in one of the targets. And the target ate the club. What? That's a thing that happened. Wait, what? He lost his grip while swinging, flew into the air, falls into a target, and it ate the club. The club was gone forever. Did he get points? 
Yeah. I don't know the actual answer to that. I should have, that was a, that would have been a great follow-up. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. We're going to, we're still working on, we're still refining your game. It's, it's, it's my, it's my rookie season. <laughs> so, we're gonna have to get you back in the get you back in the cage get some more swings <laughs> you'll get let's, you'll let's get line there. some commits up and we'll get back at it <laughs> so have you guys ever been top golf yeah no those grips on those clubs i tell you what they become the most slippery thing ever i take a i take a an actual glove like no lie right I, what I do is I wrap a napkin around my hand and I still let go of a club one time. And I, I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> after that, it up. after that, it got really weird, it got really weird after that. But anyway, anyway, it's, it's awesome to see basketball team together. And, and Chad, is, is this a concerted effort from the coaching staff to bring back as many, you know, former players and, and, and former teams and, and yeah, also, you know, have, have the social media, you know, talk about Lance Stevenson on this day was drafted and which I, I feel like Lance hasn't been mentioned really since he left, you know, and, and went pro. I, it seems as if there's been an extreme concerted effort to bring up the history a lot more this season. This is what I've told you from the time West got hired. This is the North Carolina way, right? If you're family, you're family. Once you are family, you are always family. And that's how he sees it. That's how he's going to approach it. That's how, you know, you can expect things to go going forward is, is they're going to embrace it. They're going to understand it. They're going to love on it. They're going to do everything they can to put their arms around everyone that's ever dribbled a basketball with a seatball on their chest. And, and that's, that's how it's done in North Carolina. That's how Wes Miller is going to do it here because that's what he knows. Tip the cap to Chris Laporte too. It seems like he is someone that's really been been kind of concerning his effort towards making that yeah. happen as well. So well, I remember too. It was uh, it was I think it was on Friday or there's one of the, I think it was Friday or Saturday when when the staff was on the road. Mm-hmm. So Lapore would have been in charge of you know what all is going on on campus that day. Right. right. So. And yeah, he's, he's definitely been super involved and it's that kind of chief of staff role where he's an extension of Wes Miller. And uh, Chris has been awesome. Has he gotten any paternity leave? Uh, I think he got off the day the baby was born. (laughs) (laughs) Basketball doesn't sleep, Aaron. So as as you talk about the team traveling, do you know anything about this uh, Bearcat air? I mean, it's a, it's a private jet. It's uh, it, you know, it's someone that it's connected to someone, a couple guys that have ties to the program. And it's uh, something that Wes used the first weekend. I don't think they had access to it uh, the second weekend, but hopefully it is something that going forward, they can, you know, as uh, they, the, the, the guy that was in the, the tweets is Kyle Decker who played football at Miami um from the underdog from the underdog podcast he has some ties to people that are close to uc and and they're all kind of connected in business um and he talked about you know hopefully raising some funds and uh getting west some more access to uh for use of that plane which uh i think you know people are looking into and trying to make happen so it's uh it's a great resource if you can have it because 
flying commercial when you're trying to go, you know, it, it allowed West that first weekend. I think he was in Shelbyville, which is just outside of Louisville. And he also attended events in Georgia, Washington, DC, and North Carolina. And when you're trying to do that by flying commercial and, and renting, uh, you know, uh, renting cars and trying to drive from places in between, you miss a lot of basketball or you either miss one of two things. You miss a lot of basketball or you miss a lot of sleep because you're traveling late at night. You're traveling overnight to get from spot to spot. And uh, life is much easier with that private jet on these summer uh, recruiting weekends because you can just bounce and uh, and catch multiple events in multiple days and, and do it relatively easy. So uh, if there's, I'm sure if there's something they're going to put together to try to raise some funds for that, that uh, it'll be made public uh, as, as much as possible. And hopefully Wes will have access to that bad boy Bearcat air uh, in July as uh, the three weekends in July hit. I just don't think uh, I'd heard anything mentioned on any of the, you know, with the BCJ pod or, or here. So I did want to bring that no. up. Yeah. And, and also I, I think it's a testament, obviously we've been, pumping Wes up because he deserves it up to this point so far. And I, it, it speaks volumes to the first impression that he has been able to make on numerous people for everyone to be like, okay, well, yes, let's, let's make this happen so that the recruiting can get, get a head start and get, get a good push in the beginning. So uh, just all things flowing well. And like I, we think said, I think I uh, think like we are in the last week, like things, once we get past or once we get to July 4th, once we get to this weekend, Things are basically shut down until the last week of July. I think we're going to see a push here today, tomorrow, or tomorrow and Wednesday to uh, to get as much done in those couple days as possible. If you are not a member of Bearcat Journal, I would uh, I would look into that because <laughs> there's going to be some information coming in the next couple of days. Something like two months for a dollar or something, right? Yeah, two months for one dollar. That ends it ends at midnight you know, on Monday, though. So. That's, that's not a suggestion. That is a, a clear, listen, do this. It's much easier. <laughs> right. Listen, which I enjoy. So uh, quick shout out, Victor Lockin, of course, was the Flex Friday challenge winner. And man, that, that little stance he does. Imagine that after a, a poster during his Bearcat career, I will applaud, smile, maybe stand up, and then sit back down full of excitement. Aaron, do you like the pose that he does? For Locken? Yes. Well, I mean, the new one was was Madsen. Oh, the, well, yeah. Well, this is two weeks ago. Now okay. it's Madsen most recently. I, I just, we, we haven't had a pod in, in so a you're, week. You're not wrong, but I, I just I, I didn't know where you were going with that. I mean, yes, I, I saw the Locken pose. I, I didn't know why he was doing the uh, – I thought it was, I honestly thought it was a strange pose, but <laughs> he's a strange, you, he's a strange dude. Like you do you. the, the little birdie you talked to about open gym, I'm sure told you like, that's a strange dude. <laughs> he, he looked like a stranger in his own skin from what I hear. So it's, uh, or he's just overly comfortable in his own skin and he doesn't way. care what you think. Either oh, way. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then Mason Madsen looking cut. I, I also was on yes. a little, little mini vacation this weekend. So pardon me for the, uh, 
forgetfulness there, but yeah, I'm here he for you. Was looking cut as all get out, and it looks like that monster factory is truly, truly working. But back at it again. Back at right. it again. Back at it again. We do need to dive into the mailbag, or else this will continue to run, run, run. Aaron, oh my God, let's go. We got to keep. We got this like a let's do rapid, a rapid fi- fire. Man. I always up. tell you to do rapid fire, and you're always like, "All right, well, uh, Aaron, set them up, knock them down, send them flying, spinning around, take it away." I'm not even gonna even try and formulate a type of cadence here. We're just just let's go. What let's recruiting go. class had more of an impact in the success of programs' future, the 2005 football or the 2015 basketball? I would probably say 2005 football because it changed everything it changed the whole program so i don't know how you could go against 2005 football now it wasn't highly rated it wasn't heralded it wasn't a a monster class but it was a turning point it was a turning point i i don't know like it literally is the class that changed the history of uc football forever i don't know how you couldn't go 2005 well in in chat think about how crazy some of these ratings are two stars Connor Barwin, yeah. Mike Mickens, Marty Gilliard, Kevin Huber, a zero star. I, it, you're Dominic Goodman, two star. I, this is just a, a, a group that outplayed their expected talent pool and, and just fantastic. And, and, of course, a quick shout-out to Terrell Bird, who was one of my favorite players back in the day. Loved watching that man in the middle of the year. There were only three three-stars in the entire class. Mm-hmm. Curtis Smith, who had a great career, yep. Kazim Ali, tight end, and Nick Davila, who uh, who came from junior college. Juco, yeah. And Marcus Waugh, two-star. I mean, Trevor Kevin, Anderson, two-star. Kevin Huber's uh, still on an NFL roster, zero-star. Right. <laughs> Andre Derek Revels, Stewart. who I loved, oh, no, two-star. A, a guy named Marshawn Gilliard, yep. two-star. Mike Mickens, two-star. Link, two-star. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, how is that not even? How is that not the greatest class in program history? And all of those guys were two stars, right? Wow, absolutely wild. That yeah. shows how little respect UC football got back then, though. Right, right. Still, still gets a little, little bit of flack anyway. If we remade over the top, who would play Lincoln Hawk, and who is most likely to drink motor oil and eat a cigar? I'm out on this. You guys can have fun with this even, if you want. I don't even have, know. What over the seen over the top. It's a, it's a Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. You know, you know, I'll I'll take the the motor. The uh, I'll, I'll I'll drink it and eat this. Jawan Briggs plays the lead role. Right, okay. Who the hell would arm wrestle Jawan Briggs? You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, do you want to finish anything from your response last time on mixed engagement with UC and West Miller? No, I mean, I, I said what I said last I, If I had things to add, I would have added them. I, he's been an asset for Wes. Wes has talked to him, has bounced things off of him. I mean, it's it's been a, a good relationship from my understanding. Can, can you Not much else a, to say. Can you give a quick breakdown on what each of the major roles on the basketball staff do? For example, DJ Laporte. I mean, we touched on DJ last week. but um, or DJ's two, player development. He, right. he works with the players in, in off the court stuff. Lapore is, like I said, kind of a, he does everything. Jack of all trades, uh, chief of staff. He, he, he coordinates uh, recruiting. He coordinates like when, where the staff is going on the road uh, on these evaluation weekends. 
uh, Thielen is kind of the the you know, helps with uh, helps Roberts with scheduling, helps on some of the like you know the the official like travel. I would imagine is going to be one of his main things when you know finding the hotels, finding where they eat. Um, a lot of the planning stuff is that director of ops uh, position. Um, and then, you know, the, the assistants do what assistants do. Um, so, well, you know, that's, it, it's pretty basic. There's nothing, there's nothing too uh, rocket science into it that I would, I would say. So then doubling down, um, does anyone on the coaching staff act as like a defensive coordinator or a big man specialist or like, what, what do the bench coaches bring that and- much? I, I'm not sure of that yet. I would guess given that he's six ten, uh, Mike Roberts is probably working with the big men. Along with Kyle, uh, I would think. Well, Kyle's not a coach. Kyle's a graduate assistant. So not- yeah. What? He's not allowed to be on the court. He is, but he's yeah. not a coach. Like, uh, yeah, he's probably with Mike Roberts, assisting Mike Roberts, right. working with the big men. Um, Stowe is more of a guard. I'm sure he's, you know, if I would guess Andre Morgan would be the guy that, that kind of helps develop the guards along with Chad Dollar. Um, that would be my guess. But until, until I'm allowed to attend practice, I don't really, I don't want to speak on too much that I don't see with my own eyes uh, because I've been told things before that just weren't true. <laughs> Fair <clears throat> Fair very, very recently, those things, those type of things have happened. Oh. So uh, I, I wait until I see things with my own eyes before I speak on them with any uh, authority. Fair enough. So are, do you have any thoughts on Penny Hardaway with the situation at Memphis and the Orlando Magic? And if he does go to the Orlando Magic, any idea who might replace him at Memphis? I don't really know what thoughts I have. I mean, it's an NBA job. It's in Orlando. He's just as much of a legend in Orlando pretty much as he is in Memphis. Maybe a little bit more in Memphis because he grew up in Memphis, but Penny Hardaway in Orlando. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, I mean, I would look, the NCAA is about to hammer on Memphis at some point in time here in the not too distant future. That, that Orlando magic job would sound pretty good. And from the sounds of it, like that four hour interview, Penny went into that thing, guns blazing. He didn't go into that thing. Like, is it thinking it was a, a token interview for a job? He went in that trying to get that job. What happens next? I know our guy, Eau Claire Cat, or uh, thinks that, that there's no way that Larry Brown is in play here. Uh, I have some information to the contrary. I know he was in, he was in play to, uh, to, to be on Penny's staff potentially this year at Memphis. I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis is looking for a head coach, if Larry Brown is in play to be the head coach of Memphis. I don't know if that's exactly ingratiating yourself to the NCAA. <laughs> as they're as they're about to drop sanctions um <laughs> well, but uh that would be an interesting job if it opens i i know our guy eau claire seems to think mike miller would uh would be someone of interest there uh and he we know he wanted a little bit more control or a little bit more authority authority respect his authority uh when penny got the job or when penny was when he had the assistant job with penny um, so let's, let's, let's see how it plays out. If Penny takes a job and we'll go from there. Who, who better to take over and kind of shoulder some shanks, some sanctions other than, you know, an 80 year old Larry Brown. So I think 
I think that would be a very interesting hire, but unbelievable, pretty, pretty cool to see. And uh, actually, Chad, uh, kind of spinning off that question, who do you think gets hit with sanctions first, Memphis Athletics or LS LSU Athletics? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they both, they've both been hit with sanctions, right? It's just a matter of what those sanctions well, mean. LSU still, it sounds like they're still investigating with Ed Orgeron getting called in and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, yeah, I'm talking basketball. I wasn't even talking basketball. I'm talking about just athletics. It's a mess down there in the bayou. All right. Um, any chance of more football commits before the dead period? Aaron, yeah. what? Yeah. Aaron? Um, yeah. I mean, I hear that there could be some things in the works. And of course, you'll hear them from me as soon as we got them. But right now, I mean, there's nothing on the table. So here's what, here's what I said on the board. Here's what I'll say here. There are guys that visited that are going to be deciding between now and the end of the dead period. Mm-hmm. I don't think Cincinnati is going to get shut out on all of the guys that visited. Is it one? Is it four? I I don't know the number, but I don't think they're going to get shut out. So do I think there will be commitments at times or here and there or or even one, whatever it may be, in July or between now and the end of the dead period? Yes, and that's why, because I think there are guys that took their visits in June. They're going to be making a decision in July, and I don't think UC gets shut out. So well, that's where my stance is on that. And we know how much you guys want to know before it happens. We get that. But at the end of the day, like no one's trying to drop too many hints to seal these kids thunder. Like that doesn't make it fun for them. So that's, that's my two cents on it. And, and let the uh, cryptic Twitter dive ins begin because it, you know what you saw Marcus Peterson retweet the Marquez bell. And I know there's a connection there, but he retweeted Marquez bell video that was over a month old. So maybe hop on that Twitter sphere and see if you can get a little cryptic with it. Um, <laughs> there's just more about recruiting here. Uh, where do things stand with the recruits have visited, but have yet to commit here or elsewhere? I think we kind of answered that. Yeah. Um, so what's next for Leon Bond's recruitment or his timeline? So he, he said he wants to commit before – uh, the start of his high school year, not his high school season, but the start of his senior year, which would be sometime in September, late August, early September. Um, my, my, the more I dig around, like it, there was a lot of belief that this was like a UC Marquette deal and that Virginia was just kind of hanging around. I think Virginia's probably more involved than I realized initially. And I think they want to see him. To my knowledge, he did not play uh, either of these past two weekends. So Virginia, Virginia has not seen him play live yet. Um, if Virginia offers, I think Virginia is going to be a problem. And from I, I've seen, I think five times I've seen Leon Bond. And from every time I've seen Leon Bond, I've walked away. Very, very impressed. I have a hard time believing Virginia watches him in July and doesn't extend an offer. I think that would that would be trouble. Um, if they don't extend an offer, 
you see Marquette, I think UC's in just as good a spot as Marquette is. Um, and it would, it would be a battle to the finish then. But I would also say we'll see what happens in July because people are coaches are going to get eyes on Leon Bond for the first time. And I don't think he's done picking up offers uh, at all in any way, shape, or form. So they shot their shot. They, they, they had him for a visit. They, oh, they've made hear. their pitch to him. He seems to be in a mode that he's going to get through July and then get into decision-making mode. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. Well, I mean, you got UC firing shots at, at four and five-star kids at this point, and that's something that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. So kudos to the, the staff doing that. But how much of an impact does uh, Paul McMillan's move have on his recruitment? I mean, it's it... – we're talking about the era of the transfer portal. And this is now a kid that's going to be at his third high school. He played on four AAU teams this spring. Right? No, it's his third. He played at Hughes, played at Taft, or played at uh, Woodward, Hughes, Woodward, and now he's going to Hillcrest Prep in, in Arizona. Look, if you're – we have talked a lot over these past couple months about the transfer portal and what it means when you're recruiting freshmen. And this is something that's not – look, this is not a Paul McMillan thing. This is an everywhere thing. Like if you have, let's say you have, you go to high school somewhere for three years, you decide you're going to go to a prep school uh, because you want to increase your level of competition, whatever the case may be. That's not going to be a red flag. But if you're at three high schools and, and you've played with a bunch of AAU programs and you're a head coach, you have to make, like you have to research that. You have to dig deep on that because what is the point of bringing in a kid if there's a very likely transfer, he's going to spend one year in your program and end up somewhere else. Well, if you're dating a girl who's dated, you know, that many people in X amount of years, you kind of get nervous. You know, there's the other shoe is going to drop. Just saying. At some point, she's going to start dating someone else. Grass might be greener. Look. Tari Issa went to a lot of schools, played for a bunch of different AAU programs. And, and when he had a chance to stay, he left. There you go. When you're used to leaving, you leave. And that's, that's what a coach has to consider. And kids that, kids that have this on their background, now you're going to see less and less coaches want to mess with them because the writing, whether you like it or not, whether my guy Bulldog wants to argue with me until he's blue in the face or not, <laughs> it's reality. A coach and his job is to do what's best for the program, bringing in somebody that's played for seven different teams, eight different teams between high school and AAU is taking a, and what a lot of coaches will consider is an unnecessary gamble. Well, at the end of the day too, if kids got one foot out the door, how much are they really giving you on the court? Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to get into like that side of it because we don't. I don't want to speak for like if the kid has one foot out the door. I just want to speak to the fact that there is a transfer portal, and the kid has shown a propensity to transfer in high school. Yeah, like it's you know you. It's it, it's. It, it's not like OJ not, Mayo. Not like OJ Mayo back in the day, right? <laughs> like, but OJ Mayo went from high school there, and they moved and went to high school here, right? 
That's, like, that's my point, though. It's not yeah, like that. That's that a was a one scenario. Yeah, that's a that different was a situation. If you've got this on your on your on your transcript, if you will, you know, it, it's something. Yeah. Here's what I would always tell if I was to be in the business of advising recruits, and thankfully nobody has asked me to to give advice to 17 and 18 year olds. Thank God. Uh, yeah, just no shit, sir. no shit. But if I was giving advice. The advice would be have as clean of a transcript as humanly possible. And that's not just grades. Don't give coaches reasons to doubt your ability. Don't give coaches reasons to doubt giving you an opportunity, giving you a scholarship. And the more reasons you give them to doubt, the less likely they are to, to, to take that chance on you. And unfortunately, and this is what sucks. This is what, fucking sucks paul mcmillan is like a 4.3 gpa student he is a great kid by all accounts number one student in his class like this isn't on paul i know i've said this here before this isn't on paul but it is still on his transcript yeah and there are decisions being made by coaches because <coughs> Because of what's going on around it, it sucks. I hate it. Well, yeah, and and especially now because, like as you mentioned, the transfer portal is is both ways. Now there's two times as many transcripts that coaches can look at. So right. I, it's uh, it is a uh, it's an interesting tide to stem right now, especially in basketball recruiting because we saw how many entered that portal last year, and it's it's only going to be a consistent thing like that. I think at least so. All right, two quick questions here on Sap, uh, Keishon Sap, who went to FSU. Um, a lot of talk. Why bring Sap in when he when we know he's going to sign with FSU? Uh, I think this shows where recruits were in this pro, where recruits were. This program is headed to with these guys. Just thinking about you see. So I mean, essentially, just kind of wanting to get your opinion on like the state of the program that we're bringing well, in guys like this. I mean, look, Gino had built a great relationship with the kid and the kid was willing to let UC take their shot. You know, did he, did he pretty much have his mind made up on Florida state before he got here? Yeah. But the relationship was strong enough on both fronts that they gave the kid gave UC a chance and UC wanted to get him here. There is another piece of this puzzle that I don't think people have talked about enough. He had a teammate here that they really, really want. And that they're in a dogfight trying to get. And that's Tyrus Washington. And I don't think it, it hurts having that kid come up here with his buddy and, and those two guys experiencing Cincinnati together. Um, even if, if Sap doesn't pick Cincinnati, I think he left here with very good things to say uh, about the program, about the university. So... I think it was twofold. Um, I, I think it, you know, Gino worked very hard on both of those kids for a long time. The kid had had told Gino, Gino he was going to come up for a visit for a long time. His official to Florida State was still the following weekend, I think, which which opened the door also for Cincinnati to get that visit. And uh, I don't know, man. Florida State's telling him he's going to be a guard. The kid wants to play tackle. 
it might oh. be a good thing to have that relationship, that groundwork, that foundation laid a year or two from now based on that old TP that we were just talking about. One of the things that you and I have talked about an awful lot off air, if you will, is just we're not supposed to talk about those things on air. Well, I mean, my, <laughs> my, my point is, you know, <laughs> as as the program grows, you're going to start to see this. Like, yeah. maybe maybe a kid, you know, we're not used to dealing with high level recruits here at the University of Cincinnati. And so now you're starting to deal with, you know, these four stars, these five stars that, you know, have maybe a, a foot in the door somewhere else. And you all you can ask is that they shoot their shot. Like, what, what I mean, you'd be mad if they weren't bringing these guys in. Yeah, yeah. right. The so, thing is, Sap didn't have to have Cincinnati in the final four. Sap didn't have to take that that trip up to campus. You know what I mean? It's it's just more as you guys are mentioning, the more high level players that you're at least in conversations with. Mm-hmm. Eventually, as we've already seen in the past few few classes, some of those are going to fall in love and become a Bearcat. Agreed. Um, so while we're still talking about Sap, most likely to play a down at UC in their college career, Kayshawn <laughs> Sap, uh, Kiner, the running back from from. Roger Bacon here, or Luther Richardson? Richardson. I mean, I, I'll still, like, most likely of those three, I'll still say Richardson. It, it's a bad question because Richardson is uncommitted. Um, so he's going to he's he's not really, be the most likely. He doesn't even have any visits set up, to my knowledge, at this point. No, I mean, they're they're banking completely on what happens at this Elite 11, 11. Elite 11, yeah. So we'll see. I... I I think personally, it's it's there's some some bad advice being lobbied around here, um, but I mean, all it takes is one school to to like what he here and like what he does at the Elite Eleven and offer uh, that that he's looking to get, and then you know it changes the whole scenario. But you know, his two main right, his two main were Cincinnati and Michigan State. Michigan State just got their quarterback, uh, so right now his two biggest offers are Cincinnati and Memphis. Um, Memphis? And quarterback is. Quarterback's a weird deal, man. Teams teams lock onto their guy, and and they get tunnel vision. Like they, Memphis kept their quarterback for like seventeen years. Yeah, Brady Brady White enrolled at Memphis uh, two thousand one with the two no with the two thousand five class we just talked about <laughs> with Connor Barwin who played a decade in the NFL and is already <laughs> retired. Unbelievable. Um. And that's it on the football side. So moving to the basketball side, uh, Chad, which dog do you prefer a bulldog or a boxer? Boxer. All right. Quick boxer guy. I've, well, I've got I've got a half lab, half boxer. I, 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 you know, bulldogs, I don't have a problem with bulldogs. I like bulldogs, but if I was to pick one of those two, it would be boxer. If I had to pick like what an, kind of, is it an American bulldog or an English bulldog? Right. Uh, that's, I, is it is, or is it a British bulldog? Well, isn't that the English? Ooh! Uh, oh, you went wrestling on me. I did. Thanks. I did. I'm just not, I'm tired, man. <laughs> this um, these last two weeks kicked my ass. If I if I had to pick like a breed, Lab would be Lab would be number one for me. I I've never like, had a golden. I want a golden. I want a Weimaraner. I, I used to have Weimaraner. They're they're beautiful. You enjoy. <laughs> let's let's not rank all all of the coaches, but rank your top five head coaches in the AAC. Basketball. 
Um, we, I mean, we can go either way with this. This was in the basketball bag on the on the well, basketball. Then side. I'll do. Then I'll do basketball. All right. Football. It's it's a, it's a two horse race. It's Luke is Fickle it, and Gus Malzahn. Is is Penny still <laughs> considered as as coach until he's no for longer now? Coach? So he's not now. Okay. If it's Larry Brown, Larry Brown becomes number one immediately, even at eighty years old. Because say what you will about Larry Brown, he can win. That man is a hell of I've, my top two. Like pure, all bullshit aside. If I, if I got to win a basketball game, the two guys at the top of my list are Rick Pitino and Larry Brown. Those two guys know how to win basketball games. One minute, Rick. <laughs> Very nice. No, 15 second, Rick. 15 um, <laughs> number one's Kelvin Sampson. It has to be, right? Right. I mean, it's not, it's not, I don't know that it's close. No. The problem with the rest of the list is who the hell knows? Like, Am I putting who am I? I still think Penny Hardaway made a very his, bad mistake by letting uh, Mike Miller go. Mike Miller was did. that was the no, guy. No, the, the Tony Mitchell was the guy. I think that was his name. The guy, Alvin, the guy that coached the he was the head coach, of the, the Grizzlies. And that first year that Penny was there, he Alvin was Gentry. on. No. Short guy, bald. God damn it. Um. Anyway, um, Avery Johnson. Um, no, I still think I still think Penny is a top five coach in this league. Yeah, that, that, that but that also tells you what I think about the coaching the in this league, right? Like, I mean, are you really you're really going with Johnny Dawkins? Is it like you're really going with Brian Gregory? I mean, I, I love me. I think people really want to see where you're putting Wes because I would imagine that you think Wes. I don't know with, yet. Without coaching a game, I think people think that you're probably putting Wes in your top five. I don't know yet. Okay. I haven't seen a coach. I haven't seen him coach a game in this league. Sam Mitchell, Chad. Sam Mitchell. That's right. Tony. I knew Mitchell was right. I couldn't think of the first name. Sam Mitchell. That, the center from the Sonics back in the day. Yeah, him. No, not him. Wasn't that his name? Um, Yes, it was, but that's okay. not. Um, I don't know where he stacks up yet. Do I, I like gun to my head? Would I put him in the top five? Probably. Just because I don't have faith in coaches in this league. And why don't I have faith in coaches in this league? Because other than, than you know, Greg Marshall now, and, and, he's, and he's now gone, and Kelvin Sampson and Mick, I haven't seen anybody build shit in this league. Well, and honestly, like we have, we have the staff. He's he's quickly put a team together, although they have not played together. So where has he misstepped? I can't imagine he missteps on the court. Yeah, I, but I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like, name it. him. I'm not gonna name him number two or number three or whatever. Yeah. Um. Before I see him coach a game, I need to you know that that's that's what he has left to do. He has left. The, the winning games in the American Athletic Conference part is is what's left. So um, kind, of a big I, deal. kind of a big deal. I, I think he's done everything right. I don't like much of the coaching in this league, so I think he can move up the list quickly. But uh, until I see it, you know, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to gift him a spot in the top five just because I like. It. Right. Jankovic, Hunter, Frank Haith. I mean, it's all just <clears throat> right. That's. Vanilla. Your boy, yeah, Brian Gregory. Vanilla. How about that one? <laughs> it's very vanilla. It's a bunch of guys that are. Eh. Right. 
just a guy. All right. Uh, Wes seems to be using Fit Third for workouts more than Cronin or Brandon. Think that continues when practice officially starts in the fall. Brandon used them a lot. We just weren't allowed to see it, so there was no evidence. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I know it, it's something it, – it's interesting once the season starts how much more coaches want to get into that solitary confinement of the bunker. Right. Like how much they want to be away from everybody and not, you know, cause look, when you're sitting there in fifth third arena, it ain't hard for somebody to find their way into a concourse or into a nook or a cranny to watch your practice. Um, I don't think Wes has much of a problem with people watching his practices, but that, that solitude of being locked away and down in the dungeon uh, is something that as the season hits coaches tend to like a little more. We'll see. He's done a lot of the uh, the early season stuff in fifth third. You know, maybe his thinking on that is he's got a bunch of guys that have never played in fifth third arena. So you want to get them as much time as you can. Well, find your um, spots. I mean, yeah. there's every court has its own like dead zones where the ball bounces a little funny or, you know, I mean, just get comfortable with your home arena and make it a, a spot where once you have a crowd in there at full capacity this season, it's going to get a little You're familiar. Wild. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes when practice starts, when the balls start really bouncing in October as to where they're practicing. Hurry up and wait. Um, Do you think there's any talk among the coaches about facing Marcus Freeman when they play Notre Dame? Who holds the the advantage you see or Notre Dame? I mean, I mean, go listen to the BCJ pod with Mike Denbrock. Like that thing is circled, starred. Highlighted, uh, got, yeah, it's highlighted with three different color highlighters in green, <laughs> in green, like yeah. oh, who has the advantage? I mean, it, I, you know, people are gonna be mad at me for saying this, and I'm sure we'll get some debate on it, but like, it's it home has field to be, advantage, it has to be Freeman, right? Because he knows yeah. what Denbrock likes to do, and and Freeman is is anchoring a new defense, so Denbrock's not gonna have any outside of what is on tape to that point Denbrock's not going to have any inside intel on what Marcus Freeman likes to do as Notre Dame's defensive coordinator sure where Freeman has all of the intel on how so far Denbrock likes to use Des Ritter and Josh Wiley and Alec Pierce and Michael Young and you know you go on up and down the list like Freeman has Freeman knows the line schemes of Ron Crook he has the advantage whether you like it or not Mm-hmm. Are there some disadvantages as well? Yes. He's new to his team. He's getting guys to play the way he wants them to play for the first time. Freeman does not have all of the advantages, but he's going to have some advantages when it comes to game planning Mike Denbrock that at Cincinnati that Mike Denbrock won't have game planning Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Mike, Mike Mickens there too, as well, of course. So, yeah. You know, it, I mean, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing is, is it going to be the same defense that Freeman shows the first couple of weeks that at Notre Dame that he brings out at Notre Dame Stadium? Or yes. is this going to be one of the ones that he circles and kind of has a, a different scheme, you know, along the lines of, of, of what he did numerous times here, whether it be against you know, Memphis, well, UCF, Navy, the teams of that sort? I mean – September 5th, Florida State, September 25th, Notre or Wisconsin. Yeah. He's not going to, he can't be like Toledo. He can be vanilla. Purdue, he can probably be pretty vanilla. Right. 
Florida State, Wisconsin, he he ain't going to be able to go out there and, and run base right. and, and get what he wants. So they're going to see what's in his bag of tricks to an extent for sure. Right, right. Well, and on the flip side of that coin, do you think if you're a guy who likes to break down film and what have you, do you think maybe you see some different things out of Mike Denbrock in that game against Notre Dame that you've never seen before? You're going to have to. Yeah. Like there's no option. You're, you're going to have to start game planning Notre Dame early. You talk about Freeman game planning early. Luke Fickles, people, people give, look, I love Marcus Freeman. People give Freeman the credit, all, like the credit, like he, he was running this show for, for four years. Those are Luke Fickle things, game planning early, uh, looking at, you know, looking at what tendencies are and preparing for teams uh, at camp higher ground and, and things of that nature, they're going to have an eye on, we're going to have to mix things up against Marcus Freeman long before they see Marcus Freeman. It's going to be an awesome game. I agree. All right. Um, I think this is the last we- question. I think we've, we've talked on everything else. So this is the last question. Um, dream BBP podcast guests, top three for basketball, top three for football. I just say top three period. I don't know who we haven't had that I like. I, I'd love to get Travis. Yeah, I would. Travis, Travis would be fun. That that's Travis yeah. would probably be number one. Tony, because I think I know you uh, talked. Had, to, I've had Pike before. I know you talked to him. I I have never talked to him. Would you like me to get Pike on the BBP? I think it would be fun. On a on an off blessed. an off week than from uh, from Brady, or he's or got even, a he's got a baby and a and a pregnant wife. Asking him to do a podcast at eight o'clock on a Monday night might not go over great. Called a getaway. <laughs> yeah, but you have to be allowed to get away before you can get away. Brady has done a good job of getting that bi-weekly. It's very, yeah. very proud of him for that. Brady's I, kids are a little older, though. Like Brady's kids yeah. are like they right. get the kids to bed and then Brady does the podcast. Right. Right. So that's a little different scenario. Maybe we could get Tony to do that. But Tony is very uh, Tony's very serious about his like uh, private time, his family time. So I don't know if we could get him. Uh, I, I'll ask. I should see him a couple times this week. So I'll ask if he would maybe next week be willing to be the uh, BBP guest on Monday night. I know so, we were we were the first ones to drop Steve Logan. I think it would be really fun if we were the first to drop either Fortson or uh, Kenyon, Big Kenyon. Yeah. Yeah. Connor Barwin would be, be pretty fun too. I've had Barwin. I've, Barwin's mm-hmm. been on on the BCJ pod before. Right. Kelsey's Jason's. Here's Jason's a maniac. Maybe, They're both maniacs. Jason's maybe the best. Here's the thing. The Jason Kelsey podcast never aired because the audio was corrupted. The file oh. was corrupted. Been there. So, so I've done Jason Kelsey with Tim Adams who was at all those practices where Jason Kelsey was a lunatic while he was here. Mm-hmm. And then we never, <laughs> we never were able to reschedule and get the podcast back uh, into existence. Jason is, Jason is great. Like just so many, and he's a great storyteller and he has such like energy and passion. Um, I'd love to get Jason back. I've tried and he just doesn't like, he doesn't check his phone. Like he, <laughs> he's, well, you got like, you got someone for that at that point, right? Right. Like he just doesn't check his phone. I'm sure somebody's like, "Who is this idiot asking you to be on a podcast?" Um, uh, maybe I'll fire Jason a text 
before we get like as we get through July before we get to training camp and see if I can maybe get Jason on. I think James Smith would be a riot too. I, well, we've had James on mm -hmm. the BCJ pod too. Like a lot of these guys have like you got to remember we're at almost 300 episodes of the B, the BCJ pod. So there's been a lot of guests. Like we have I've gone down that list many times over for for you know the top guys we'd like to get and we've gotten luckily we've been fortunate we've gotten most of them there's still a few out there like how awesome like brian kelly get brian kelly to tell get brian kelly on this pod to tell the story of brian <laughs> kelly in cincinnati i don't know how well that would be re received Brian, like, I, I think, like, as time passes and, like, Brian came back, I think that healed some wounds. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be a fascinating podcast because I think there's been a lot of, you know, assumptions about the Brian Kelly story that I'd love to hear from Brian Kelly. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, if you he's know, giving, I, you, if he's going to give you the actual answers or, and not try and sidestep his way through. I think we could probably get D'Antonio. At this point, he's not busy. He's not busy. He's close with Luke. Like I could call in a favor. I think we might be able to get Antonio on this pod. Butch. Oh boy. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the YouTube, the YouTube yeah. song, Butch Jones? <laughs> what about, what about, what about Tommy? Well, you talk about a podcast and people would either listen or hate listen. I don't, get I Tommy. Hate, I'm, um, I'm, hate, I'm hating it already. <laughs> what about hugs? Uh, maybe after he's done. I think yeah. hugs would, you know, would, would, would maybe be open to it. If I don't he doesn't know. The die is, on the court. The problem is I don't have like a, I, I could call in a few favors and probably get hugs done. Um, yeah. I don't have a relationship with hugs cause I didn't start until Nick's first year. Mm -hmm. I think between the two of us, we could probably lean into the people we got. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we could probably make it happen. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go there, but no, don't. Don't go there. Don't go there. Um, but you know, those are those are some that would that would immediately jump out. Kilpatrick uh, has he ever done one? No, he has a long, long, long time ago. He did right after his senior year. I think he was on a BCJ pod. Okay. So, Sean has. I love. I've tried to get Jake a million times, and we've just never been able to time it up. Right. Gary, I think, would be awesome. Yeah. Gary Trayvon would be, would be awesome, but a lot of right. those, you know, some of those Cal guys would gonna, be fun. I've had Troy on several times. Okay. Um, but a lot of those guys, like you, you want to just wait until their playing careers wind down a little bit. Yeah. What, what about mean face? I've had Jack on Jack's Jack's a wild man. Um, that deep, deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, Jack was a good one. He's got some good stories. Um, but yeah, that that's that's kind of. I love that. Like once, I think, I think we should just start every now and then. Like maybe like I don't know, once a month between us and and your other pod, just sprinkle something in. Yeah, I mean it's the summer. Like you guys are gonna like get some guests because there there ain't gonna be a whole lot to talk about as we start rolling through July. Um, as we we get ready, I mean we can start doing preview stuff and start talking about camp and and stuff like that, but. I mean, that's the crazy part, guys. We're a month from camp. Camp starts in a month. Can't wait. Camp starts in a freaking month. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild to me that we're a month from camp. Wild. But still exciting, too. 
I mean, that's oh, a, yeah. That it's just that, like, this summer has gone so, – like, the spring and summer because of everything. Oh, compared to last year? Yeah. It, just in general, like, because of everything that happened and how mm-hmm. busy we've been and how much the site has blown up. And um, it, this summer is, has rocketed by. And, you know, 4th of July this weekend, the next three weekends I'll be on the road doing basketball recruiting content, and then it's camp. Like, we gonna, we're, we're we in the a, home stretch. We're going to do a July 5th episode? I'm down. I mean, I've got radio, so I'm already going to be working that day. Like, it's not cool. going to be a day of rest for me. And uh, honestly, like, I, I know we, we we joke about my vacation, but I'm re- like, I'm refreshed. It, it was 48 hours of sleep that probably did it, but like, I'm, later. Ready, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready to get 2021, like, cranking to get into football, to get into basketball. I think we're in for a fascinating, fascinating fall and winter. Uh, of UC athletics. So let's crank it up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on nine right now. And I'll be in Florida. So I'll be on 10 come Monday night, the fifth. There you go. We are, we are at about (laughs) two hours. So let's do it. Bring it home. You guys done. I, I think there was one late one that came into the basketball. There was, I didn't refresh. So I I apologize for not having refreshed. Do you want to hear it, Chad? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's from our guy. Um, well, uh, BR cat 92 of the newcomers who's generating the most buzz. I I'd have to go with Hensley. Um, that long-term potential. If you're, if you're talking guys that are going to be like immediate, immediate impact guys, it's probably a dual Adele. Um, as Aaron's little birdie told him and we talked about two weeks ago and my little birdie has told me, that's a guy that can can make a serious instant impact uh, as a as a you know guy that's played like a hundred basketball college basketball games already, like a center that this program hasn't seen in years. So uh, Nas, he's I don't I, you know I think veteran Nas wasn't too too far off from. I feel like he's almost a distant memory at this point though. Just how quickly. How like quickly th- he was gone. Three, it's three years ago. Like I mean, it wasn't that. Long I, I think he's eligible to play again this year. <laughs> right? like, like oddly enough, right? right. He, I, he technically is because he sat out the first year and then COVID last year. So he had he would have a six year if he wanted to use it. No, he, he is using. He it, does. He? Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, at Ole Miss. Oh, he's but, not even at Miami anymore. No, no he, he used his grad transfer in COVID year. He's at Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> long term, Jared. Long term, Jared Hensley. Short term, Adulado. Old man, and, old man. And Chad, the fact that you didn't even mention again, Hayden Koval is another name that we heard a lot about out of the yeah. newcomers. That's really been showing some good flashes as well. So, I'd say, uh, well, and AJ McGinnis too. So, and I like AJ McGinnis a lot. Right. Did, yeah. And John Newman might actually be the best scorer out of Wait, all. We, we haven't seen we John haven't Newman seen, yet. I, well, so. well, the birdies haven't seen him yet. Right. 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 Lego. All right. Well, hey, guys, another fantastic BBP, full of great stuff. Brady Collins, the man, the myth, the legend, joined us. But it's time to sign off. As always, I'm Brent Young. Special thanks to my good friends, Chad Brendel and Aaron Smith. Give me a little goodbye. This was the BBP on BearcatJournal.com. See ya!